to Let's Chit Chat Sis, and I'm your girl Kimmy, and we're back on the porch tonight, bringing you the hottest topics with the best conversation, and on the porch with me tonight is my co-host, and tonight we have... Chauncey, I'm here again, nice to see everyone, or nice to hear you all. Your girl Celeste. This is your boy JB from NC, how comfortable are two five two. All the co-hosts are on the porch tonight, and we have a special guest with us tonight, Miss Letitia Thornton. How are you tonight, Miss Lady? Doing well. So excited to be on the porch with you all. Thank yeah. you for having me. We are glad to Welcome have you. Welcome, Letitia, to the porch. Hey, Letitia. <laughs> she is beautiful. Welcome to the porch. And we are. We have, as usual, we have the best topics. And tonight's topic, um, I would say, is really a hot topic. It's probably a little sensitive. But um, we're going to dive in. But before we dive in, you know me, I'm always the internet troll. Um, but this is not really an internet troll type of thing. It's really a, a topic that um, talks about more, about more about bullying. And this week, um, a NBA superstar, um, Kwame Brown. Are you familiar with Kwame Brown? I know you probably are, Jay, because you like basketball. I like basketball. Yeah, are, you, are you asking me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm very familiar with him. Yeah, I, I do want to say. You, as a player. Yeah. He, he, okay. let, let me just say this, though, about Kwame Brown. He was considered, what you know, by many standards, an NBA bust. He never quite lived up to his first round, first overall pick status. But he had a mediocre, you know, kind of average career, and he went to several different teams. So that actually showed you he was obviously – productive because he kept a job. Okay, so that's, that's, he that's the topic that yeah, hit, so hit he, it on. He, he, he did defend himself. I mean, I've heard a lot of the things between Matt Barnes, a former NBA player. Okay, let me tell the topic. Okay. The topic. Oh, what happened? Oh, okay. You had my back. All right, okay. so what happened was um, Kwame Brown, if anybody's familiar with him, he is, like Jay said, he was, um, he was the number one draft pick 20 years ago. And basically, um, like Jay said, he didn't so-called to a people's standard um, live up to people's expectation. He was Michael Jordan's pick, so you know you got to live under the shadow of Michael Jordan. But for the last twenty years, um, I mean, he's kept a job for for a while, and he's not broke, busted, or poor. You know what I mean? He's just living a quiet life right now. The podcast called All Up in Smoke, um, which um, Gilbert Arenas and Matt Barnes. They actually had a conversation about his um, recruitment and his time in the NBA. And they talked about him being basically a bust. So little to um, his knowledge, it spread and went viral. And he did not like it. He, um, he fought back. He um, did not like them talking about him, talking about how, you know, he um, was, I guess, a waste of a player. And that's too their opinion. But in that um, aspect, they was not ready for what he did. He basically um, attacked them. You know, he started talking about uh, Matt Barnes. He started talking about um, Gilbert Arenas. He started talking about all of the hosts on there. Stephen A. Jackson. He started talking about um, every person that was on that podcast, you know. And as we know, if you are in the limelight, everybody got something to, you know, say happened to you. Um, Matt Barnes, he's the perfect one. You know, he had a nasty breakup with his um, baby's mama. And, you know, he was 
you know, it got pretty ugly. So, needless to say, he um he went full force at him. Um, the next page of this story was Charlemagne the God. He um of the Breakfast Club. We all know him. He came and he uh talked to um Matt Barnes about the whole situation and he kind of sided with both parties, but. His last closing statement was basically, hey, leave Kwame Brown alone. You know, when I heard it, I was like, hey, that's good, Charlamagne. You know, you know, stand up for him. But the last part of it was he devoured all of Char um, Kwame Brown's family history. And I'm talking about um, it was violence in the history. His pop had some um, run-ins with the law. They're in prison now. People are being killed, and um, it's it's very tattered. So people attacked Charlemagne and basically said, if you was coming across to the point to say, hey, you know what you did, stay keep hands off of um, Kwame because Kwame is a fragile person. You should have left it at that. Kwame, um, Charlemagne took that and said, hey, I, I understand that. I'm going to apologize to him the next day, and he did. And you know I have um, uber respect for him. Kwame did not take it like that. Kwame attacked him too and attacked him for having history of rape accusations and so on and so on. So um, the question to you guys is, one, do you think that Charlemagne the God, his apology should have been accepted? And two, did Kwame have the right to come out full force and attack? I think that in the society that we live in, people are going to do what people are going to do. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter if you have the right or not. But I think that the expectation is when you come at someone full, full guns blazing, then don't give a bone if you can't carry a bone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if that is your um, line of work, like a Wendy Williams mm -hmm. type of person, who's been doing this for 30 plus years, there's still a way for it to be done. Right. When you come at it and, you know, I know, you know, we're on a podcast here, so we're giving our opinions. People have their opinions. So right. those are like buttholes. Everybody got them, right? Absolutely. But if you are coming after someone and in the way in which you come after them, um, you never know what the reaction is going to be. And I'm, I'm not even sure if... Um, Kwame's reaction was because he's fragile, right? Right. No. And it doesn't have anything to do with fragility. It just might have to do with, well, like, why am I even a topic of conversation? Absolutely. And I agree. People have the, the attitude that, how do you, you know, put my business out there and you got all this stuff going on? Absolutely. You got this dirty closet, too. Like, what? why are you talking right. about me and you got all this dirt hanging over here? Like, I mean, so I know you got a podcast. Right. But again, if it's your business and mm -hmm. that's what you do every day, then mm -hmm. it's your business, right? But then you would still handle it a certain type of way. Mm -hmm. As far as Charlemagne the God is concerned, he went too far. Yeah. If you were going to be in defense of him, how about you just, I think you guys went far enough and that's enough. And then mm -hmm. let it go at that. When you then turn around and uh, and bring up more information, then all that's going to do is put them more in the spotlight and not less in the spotlight. Yeah. But people get carried away and they're they're going with the flow. And because mm -hmm. he felt like he knew a little bit more, being from the same region, mm -hmm. then he felt the need to 
to, to share that. Yeah. And so when you do, this is the effect, right? People are going to come back at you. It's a possibility. It's always a possibility. Absolutely. And the fact that he said no thank you because he's in his feelings, he had the right to do just that. He was yeah. allowed to be in his feelings. No one said he has to take the higher road. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think you make a valid point. Right, exactly. Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Once you say something, it's, it's on to me. You can't you can't apologize for hurting my feelings. My feelings are already hurt. Oh. Woo. So, okay. you step out of pocket, you already stepped out of pocket. You can't say, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, no, turn But that's, that's being true, though, because you know what? Sometimes I think people don't feel that part because, I mean, sometimes you don't have to take the higher road, you know, because... You already put me out there on Front Street, so how about I just say I'm gonna put your ass out there too, and this is the way it's going to be. And that's what he did because, like Chauncey said, he's far from fragile. So you put him out there like he was fragile, and then he came out like a damn alligator chopping. And and now, yeah, so everybody's over here raw rawing with him. Now y'all two look like well, y'all five, y'all over here looking like y'all fragile now because. Y'all apologizing, y'all making up, and y'all scared. So, um, I agree. What you were going to say, James? I'm sorry, we cut you off. No, no, just that the first aspect of Kwame has every right to clap back. Absolutely. Because they attacked his integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't cross that line. And what really stung Kwame, which he also said that kind of gets lost in all of this, he said, y'all, I thought y'all were like my brothers. Because we're all NBA brotherhood, you know, and we're all African-American. Mm. So he was like, yo, y'all put me down. Like, you know, we put each other down. So he just really snapped and went in and defended himself. And he did. He had every right to say, you know, like like you said, Johnson, you're going to come with fire. You better be ready for a war. Okay? Yeah, you're going to start. And, and thing, Kwame, yeah. yeah. And he comes from an area. Well, they ain't no punks. Absolutely. You this dude ain't no punk because he's quiet. He came into the NBA at a very young age. A lot of people remember that. He came right out of high school. One of he was a very, very young man. But throughout his career, you know, even with the family background that, you know, alleged involvement, he never got involved in those scandals. He's doing a good career, you know, and, and everything. So he had every right to clap back when you're going to attack my integrity. Right. You know, right. It's one, thing, right. One thing, it's one thing to talk about, oh, you know, his his career didn't jump off the way right. they intended yeah, it. Yeah, you right? can talk about that's the points he averaged. Yeah, you know, that's a whole other that. Yeah. Right, exactly. But you're going to talk about he didn't have confidence and all this old stuff, you know. And it's not, you know, it's totally unfair to part. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm, I'm right around for, for Kwame, too, because he set an example that you have every right to defend yourself. And if somebody wants to try to, you know, step on your neck publicly and try to make you look bad, well, you have every right to use your platform to defend yourself. You know, and I'm glad he did that. You know, and him and Stephen A. went back and back, back and forth. I know. It was and fun. Kwame, for the record, Kwame still got plenty of money. Kwame plenty. That's what I like said. Four or five million dollar net worth. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so not busted. He's that country draw and his quietness and thinking, you know, because he didn't have this, he wasn't an NBA superstar, he didn't have all the endorsements, all these things like he might be doing bad or broke or whatever. He's far from that. 
Yeah. Very best. He's living a very family life. He is. So, you're right. You have, because your legacy, you know, is your name and your brand. These guys out here, you know, and like I say, I think the added salt in the wound was when when, when, uh, Kwame was saying, man, you know, we're supposed to be like brothers. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think that's the added part of it that Gilbert Arenas and Matt Barnes, they're all on the court together. You all got that that, kind of like fraternity of of brothers that made it into the game, into the league, because you know how privileged that is right. to have that opportunity. And then not only have it, but then be able to sustain it and now be able to, you know, provide for your family and everybody else. So Kwame really took it to heart, and I'm glad he did. Well, now, as far as Charlamagne, I just want to say this real quick on that point. I think Charlamagne's intentions were right. Um, I don't think what to warn you the intentions of to warn you to say he's coming from a family because listen y'all i'm just saying this anything is public record so if you have these allegations or if you actually did go to prison if you actually did commit murder you did go to jail show man that no one knows but that's not, not that not, that no, was not something they would have brought to his attention I get it. It's just true. Guess what? If it's true, you should have come out. Exactly. Because now you put another layer on it when that man already demonized. No. 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 Because when Kwame Kwame come for him, when Kwame come for him, tell him to remember that. I actually get the it's cool, no, just all jokes aside, I get both sides. I'm just saying, when you're working as Chauncey said earlier, this is what Chauncey does for a living. He's going to talk about everything. He has a talk show. He has that. I mean, he's going to talk. He's going to talk about any and everything. And I don't think he had any malicious intent. I don't think his intentions were anyway trying to disrespect the family. Okay, y'all. I don't want to spend the whole show on Charlemagne the God. We we know that Charlemagne the God, but Charlemagne the God, he he he. We all have our opinions about what Charlemagne did. The bottom line is, he already know what the sting was afterwards. Uh, He better have good security since he already said what the man was capable of. So take it as you want it. We are not here to interpret. So if somebody take a visit to him, we already know it's not us. End of story. So uh, let's so move man, on. He, he had a, he had a long line of people that pissed off of Charlemagne. Well, that's that. what that's what I'm saying. So if you want to add some more people to the line, you say you some say stuff like that. So right. let's move on to our hot topic tonight: um, infidelity in the church. Um, when we was talking about this one. We kind of made it so broad and we made it broad because we don't want to pinpoint anybody, one person, the pastor, the the, the first lady, um, the deacons, um, you know, the, the, the hierarchy in the church. But we want to have a conversation about um, infidelity in the church and I think how it could be broken, you know what I mean, how it can cause um, betrayal. And cause um, even people to mistrust the the foundation of the church. Um, I, I looked up a couple things before um, we did this episode, and one person popped out was um, Pastor Gray. You guys probably are so familiar with him because 
he stayed in 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 the news. I mean, he has a to me. I think he has, he has a. He has a problem. I think he has a problem. You know, I don't think he he wants to be married. You know, I think he just has a problem. Um, he's been caught multiple times cheating, and you know, he's a a a, a pastor, and he's a well known pastor. Um, but what kind of resonated with me is that, you know, his parishioners forgave him multiple times. You know, but he always seemed to um, gaslight. His wife, you know what I mean. He he gaslighted his wife about um, the cause of his cheating. You know, um, she wouldn't cook. You know what I mean. She wasn't helping with the kid and um, just little things like that. When he got caught, um, you know, in social media videos and things like that, with where there was no type of um, self, you know, accountability to say, hey, I have you know fallen short and i'm doing something wrong you know because as anything you know people look at pastors and people um in the hierarchy of the church as you know um leaders of course like leaders in your job or leaders in anything else you look as leaders you know so um he was one that came to my mind so when we think about infidelity in the church i think of um two things i think of um the parishioners i think of people enticing the um, hierarchy in the church, the pastors, the, the deacons and, and whoever to, I, I guess, get status. Because, I mean, lots of churches I went to, I've actually seen people in motion doing things that they um, was very questionable. Um, and I, I seen them, you know, going the other way too. So, you guys, um, and I'll start with you, Celeste, because Letitia's here and she has... Um, she had a little foundation about this too, and we we know that you know we want to keep things, of course, above board. We're here never to offend, and we just want to have a transparent conversation. But again, we're going to always keep it above board, transparent, and never uh, to offend. So, Celeste, I'm gonna start with you. When we think about infidelity in the church, what comes to mind to you? You wish with me. Right? I do. I do. Yeah. What am I yeah. You know. You know. I. I you know. Just like you, I was born and raised in the church. Yeah. Right? A whole lot of churches. Yeah. The Pentecostal, the Baptist, the Catholic. <laughs> I went, got married to a Muslim. I mean, all kinds of places. So, you know, I've seen a lot, just like you guys, right? But what I've seen a lot of is that these people with power in the church are being treated by the parishioners like they got this power. Like, they already think they have power. And then you have these. I'm going to say some women, some men in there that just want to be with the pastor. They just want to, they want to pursue the pastor and they want to be with the, the organist. It's some that kind of power thing for them. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Am I, am I the only one that's saying this? And it, and it makes the people in power more powerful. I think people just like us, right? We're right. supposed to be right. to serve a higher being and not these people, but these people get all this power because we give it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they yeah, get worship so, in some more than, Yeah, more so than power, I see. I see it as rock star status, right? Yeah. Celebrity status. More so than power, because there's a lot of broke churches out there, so I ain't no power to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've seen it in smaller churches to the bigger churches, and I'm like, what? Celebrity. It is 
even because just because celebrity isn't just television, right? It isn't just rock stars and, and movie stars and celebrity could be within your own community. Exactly. So I think that a lot of us are enticed with celebrity, right? Right. And so I think that um I think that that's where a lot of it, it stems from, right? Mm -hmm. So um yeah, celebrity. So I But haven't haven't but haven't popular good I mean good pastors always been very popular? Like the ones that are really, really good, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're well known typically, like you say, like like you a celebrity but they are well known. You have some that aren't well known that are very popular. I mean like big churches, <laughs> it seems like, you know, I'm just saying like that's you see them and you hear about them all on TV. The big churches, I'm not talking about the small ones, but like they're like well known. They really are like celebrities. But I think I think it's the small churches too. I think it's like what Chauncey said. I think it's the it's it's the title. I think the title makes them a rock star status. You know what I mean? Um even like I went to Catholic school. Even the 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 the, the dried up priests up in the Catholic school, they they made them feel like they they were um they were some kind of um take off the and fly like they had wings or something like that until they find out Did they you was drink from the cup. Did you drink from the cup? Yeah, I had to. I would get yeah, in trouble. What you talking about? Yeah, I was a little kid. What you mean? You know what I mean? You ain't had well, no choice. Somebody after. drink from the cup after he drank from the cup. The same cup. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna be thinking. No. Well, I don't. I, they, they, they don't. I don't know if they do that now, Jay. They, I mean, with COVID, they probably don't even give the cup up. But when we were little, you yeah. the services I saw with masks, they always wipe the cups. Yeah, I don't know what that was doing. You had to follow along, or you wouldn't get in trouble. You know what I mean? So lips right on the cup, same cup. Same how lips, how, how, what the cup? All of that said, it doesn't give them an excuse to take advantage of celebrity status and the power. Right. So that's probably what we really need to focus on because, yes, they get pushed up on, but uh -huh. they have to maintain a certain type of respect for themselves or dignity or some kind of something because they're supposed to be a little bit, not above us, but a little bit more focused and a little bit more, what you call it, a little bit more. Um, they have to be a little. They have to be. They have to be a leader in their position. Exactly. And 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 saying that, Letitia, we're gonna bring you aboard now, okay? Because you have it. You have lived this life, and like I said, I think that you can give us some insight on um, what you feel about this 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 topic, okay? So share with us what you feel about this topic. Well, from a personal standpoint, I was very young, and, and um, me and my ex-husband were about three years apart, and we were in our 20s, mid to late 20s. And so for him, or our experience, a uh, little country boy just was able to preach and do his thing. Um, but what happened with us is that the overnight uh, celebrity and fame that you talk about, he had a hit song. And we were put out there. His father saw him as pastor. We were just put out there. We were doing a lot of traveling. There were a lot of limousines that were picking us up from the hotels. I'm, I'm sorry, from the airports and taking us to the five-star hotels. And we were living the life, eating big-time um, food and being with big-time preachers. So for us, it was that overnight status that just took us to another level that I don't think either one of us was ready for. And like you already mentioned, um, uh, 
my my situation was my ex was a little on the obese heavy side coke bottle glasses um i can definitely say that he might not have been the most attracted to me but <laughs> but um he was a celebrity no he was a celebrity he, it didn't matter what he looked like the women wanted him you got that right they, they wanted big they love big too yeah they did church and we, we become vulnerable. There are some that come with plans. We won't take that away because right <laughs> the devil can be right there in the front row which you sitting right next to you, right? Then nobody said he couldn't come to church. But um, a lot of it is, you know, those relationships that start out what seem to be normal and then just kind of go awry from there. I would um, be an awful first lady. He be they might have these positions in the church but a lot of the relationships that they have are outside of the church right mm -hmm. and so is that what we're finding is every situation because it was somebody within the church or it could very well be people that don't even go to their church yeah. am I right Rakeisha? Mm -hmm. that's true um, that's you know you're, you're, you're exactly right because um, it didn't matter what I said or did, um, if I wasn't able to meet his need as a wife, then evidently he was looking for something else or somebody else to fill the void. 
And um, that's pretty much, I think, in a nutshell, what happened. Um, I had to learn how to be stoic. It's very lonely at the top. And so you're going to either, you know, figure out, you know, who do I talk to? Who do I trust? He was above counseling, but I was willing to get it to save the marriage. And once I realized this wasn't going to work, and he said to me, I'm not going to be married to you and be unhappy. Um, the rest of my life, I said, okay. I didn't, I didn't really argue with it. I, again, I tried to stay in my place and fix it and fix me. Um, and then I just, I just let it fall. I let it fall apart. I literally. Well, I, I, I have to say, I have to say this much. I have to say this much. Um, what I'm hearing from you, Letitia, is that you did a lot to um, control what you could, repair what you could. Um, but what I don't hear from you is the part that he played to also um, take accountability in this marriage. You know, um, I, I will say this, you know, I'm not a marriage counselor and, and Jay and so that's our life coaches and me and Chauncey are married women um, and we probably can speak from our heart because we are married women. Um, I, I say give yourself a pass here. You see what I'm saying? Because you, um, you, you, you're speaking a lot of, of accountability on your part, but he has to give accountability on his part. And regardless of what he is and what title he is, um, at the end of the day, marriage is um, a union between two, you know, yes. not um, just one person pulling. And if he is talking about he's not going to be happy, um, you know, he, he has to take the effort to make you happy, too. You know what I mean? And I mean, I know that that part is over in your life and you moved on to greener pastures, but um, it can give you resolve in your in your present life, too. You see what I'm saying? Because. Um, absolutely at no time um, it's a one-sided story no no, no way it's, it's right. just not um, so I, I appreciate you sharing your story and um, I hope that going forward in your life that he um, he you know has some kind of reckoning on what he has gave up in his life you know and it's not for you to hold on to that you know it's not for you to wonder if he has but I hope he has because, you know, titles don't make you a better person than the next person. It just doesn't. You know, um, when you agree to marry somebody, you know, that's you and him and me and her or whatever behind the walls. And you 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 agree to um, go through the thick and the thin together. That's that's how I look at marriage. You know, it's never perfect. It's, it's never perfect. So, um, you know, uh, I, I wish I wish more people can be very transparent like you. Um, but that's 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 a lot to hold on to. That really is a lot. So um, yeah, that's a I lot. I think the biggest burden to bear. Sorry, but I think the biggest burden to bear for me was he had the power of the microphone. He could have fixed it. He could have settled it. He could have you know said anything to make it better or or to 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 give me a pass, so to speak to say, hey, I was the one that was unfaithful. I was the one that stepped out of the marriage. And, you know, I didn't say a whole lot. My goal was not to ever destroy him, to, to drag his name through, 
drag his name through the streets. Um, when I left my ex-husband, I was seven and a half months pregnant. That's just how done I was. So that spoke volumes right there. I said, okay, you can have your pulpit, you can have your parishioners, you can have your, i give you another P word, okay? But it got to a point where I, he wasn't going to be unhappy with me. I was going to be unhappy with me. Five folks wearing big glasses looking. I'm so mad. I know. What the world? Right, exactly. Well, I, I just want to say this. Like, first of all, wow. Thank you so much for sharing, Letitia. And I'm going to tell you something. You're a beautiful woman, and you do not look like nothing you've been through. I just want to encourage you in that aspect and tell you that. that you know, that is a truly amazing story. But I, I just kind of wanted to ask you something, you know, we're kind of saying infidelity in the church. And if it's something you're not comfortable with, by all means, please let me know. I'm just curious, though, um, was there any other congregation members anybody ever came to say anything to you, you know, or did you, you know, in that aspect, is that how you found out, or how, like, you know, you know, because I see on TV, like, I've seen the deacon get caught in the closet. You know that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, so how did you how did you find out that he was in the church? How did you did someone bring this to your attention? Like, yeah, like I was wondering, like, was it anyone else? And hey, girl, you know that kind of thing, or sister Letitia? I want to, you know, that conversation ever happened? Um, actually, no. So I think most of what he was able to do was probably out of town because he was a traveling preacher he was an evangelist he was a psalmist so we did all, like i said we did a whole lot of traveling um he actually went to a conference in atlanta and uh he went with his business manager and i thought i would show up and surprise him at this conference well i got surprised so it was kind of like the confirmation that he, you know, was doing these things. Um, he had a lot of time on his hands. He was, you know, preach on Sunday. Oh Bible study. That's a teleprayer meeting. Bible study on Wednesday. And so he had a lot of idle time. And I used to say, why don't you get a job? Why don't you work? You should be getting, you know, back to the to the, the ministry that we're trying to build. And he was above that because he wanted to have an open schedule to do whatever he needed to do. So Why he didn't exercise? Didn't you say he was overweight? <laughs> he was getting that. Uh, so to answer your question. Um, <laughs> to the community. Yes, from the back. He's giving yes. back from the back. From the, oh, oh, I know. She, she said that. She said he was overweight. I said he had a lot of time. He could be exercising. Oh, you know, he could be exercising. Exactly. He was laying hands on the What's good for him? Because the weight doesn't have anything to do with it. Doesn't. It really so doesn't. So the thing is, if she was attracted to him, even with having the weight, somebody yes. else would be attracted to him. You got that right. So, <laughs> that ain't, you know, it's a lot of attractive, heavy guys, right? That's but um, I don't know many with Cope out of the way I was saying. She just brought it up. And when Jake and Kenny asked, see what I was saying about outside of the church? It wasn't in the church. That was her. Uh, they were in the church too. They were sitting in the yeah. congregation. Yeah. They knew how to smile in my face. Um, That's all. They, they knew what their hidden agenda was. But I'm gonna tell you how I found out. He was at a conference. I surprised him, and again, I got surprised. A little young lady came to me, and she she came to pick me up because this huge conference. Um, he was 
in town and I ended up having to stay at a hotel near the airport. And so she came to pick me up, wanted to take me out to lunch. Her and her mother uh, were sending me suits and hats and he had already gone to their church to preach. So she asked me the question. She said, you know, I just admire you. I think you're so pretty and so beautiful. How did you move past um, your husband cheating on you? And I said, tell me more. Tell me more. And she wow. says, well, he preached it, you know, uh, it was her father's church. He preached the message and he said, you know, I've been unfaithful. I repented and I asked God to forgive me and I asked my wife to forgive me. Well, that was my first real time of having proof that that's what he was doing. And I asked her, I said, do you still have, do you all have a copy of that CD or that tape? And she said, yeah. I said, I would love to hear that message because God is so good. God is really good. You know, I appreciate you sharing that with me. But she blindsided me because I really didn't know. And um, yeah. that sounds nar—that sounds narcissistic. Yeah, she brought me the CD, and I didn't listen to it. He was a part of a um, a competition where he was a contestant that was competing to be some phenomenal gospel artist or whatever. And I flew back home, and he had to drive back home. So by the time he got back home, I was like, "Whoa." Really? This is what he did? This, this was my confirmation and my proof that I had. So he had already been, you know, sowing his seed and doing his thing. And I was oblivious to it. I just really thought that even though things were not connecting with us in the marriage, and I'll be the first to admit, the connectivity really wasn't there between us because I didn't get to learn or know my husband. We met at a revival. In February, the next February, we were engaged. By November, we were married, huge wedding. Um, and and we were just, like I said, put out there. And so I'm working, and he's doing what he does. And, you know, I'm kind of in his shadow, so to speak. And it's just one of those things that fell apart. So I, I'm the first to admit, I'll take responsibility for having my own life and my own career that sometimes, you know, I may have missed the mark with him, but at least I was willing to. No, no, no. You're doing it again. You're putting it right back on yourself. If someone is in, if, if somebody's unfaithful, that's, that's, but that's I can't not you speak issue. for him. I have to be accountable for my actions. <laughs> yeah, I must speak for him and, and his ways. But guess, guess what? Because at the end of the day, he still was unfaithful. And first and yes. foremost, he's yes. a bullshitter. Because guess what? When you go and, two, and you go and ta- have a church with me and, and tell somebody that you, you cheated and you already got your wife's um, forgiveness, yeah. that's, some, that's, that's a mental disorder right there. That's not right. normal. Right. That's not normal. Yeah, that's that's not normal. For it to be revealed to you the way it reveals, oh my God, that's that it's like something serious. Like I will, I'm sounding like I'm listening to a movie script. Yeah, you might want to. You might want to inadvertently hear it from someone else telling you that he preached about repentance. Yeah, and they don't even know who you are. You took advantage. Well, let me quick quick story. I'm sorry, Jay. Get in. Or I won't say where. Here where I live now, currently, I remember hearing uh, the the, uh, pastor's wife coming in on choir rehearsal one day, on a Saturday. 
in her jeans, her ponytail, and her t-shirt to come in there and whip some, some giga butt. Because she had heard that her husband was cheating the bastard. And girl, it was a whole uproar here in this town. And not one parishioner left, and not one of them stopped going to service. That's right. Probably more came. faithfully committed to the ministry, it doesn't matter. Probably more came. Because they wanted to see the new, the, uh, <laughs> right when we to the new show. And he did not skip a beat at that That's point. right. That's right. Well, what, I love, what I love about what my pastor has said about that, because it was brought up one time in a Bible study that we had. And so he was like, you know, forgiveness can be there. The repentance can be there. But what's supposed to happen is that that pastor is supposed to step down until he's had an opportunity to deal with his issues and to he should not be over the flock. Well, I'm going through that. There's nothing wrong with being forgiven and right. stuff like that. But you need to take a step back and say, and that would be the reconciliation, right? Exactly. So you you made the mistake, you repented, and then now the reconciliation is let me step back and get my my, my affairs and my stuff in order before you 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 come back and then continue, you know, to preach over there, but. I get what you all were saying is you you do it it's known and everybody knows and then now we don't do anything forgiveness is one thing but then how how do you go forward with that that that's a crack in the foundation right. um not that the mistake was made was made that's not the that's not the crack in the foundation it isn't how you handle it after it occurred that the, that the crack is because if we're being taught to forgive and to be understanding and you come to the elders and you share with what you know what's happened and what you've done, then that's part of the, the repentance step. And I think what Kenny was trying to say to Leticia was that was there ever an apology given to you? Um, even if you felt like you might have done something different, the fact of the matter is you you weren't the aggressor in what happened. That wasn't your fault. So what was ever whatever happened as far as an apology to you? Um. Um, the situation became more volatile. We went from the, the um, infidelity to the verbal abuse. My name was no longer a legal name. I was no longer first lady. I had another name that began with a B. And so he yeah. became a bit more aggressive and verbal, and then it became physical. <laughs> and so once the physical, he put his hands on me, I was like, oh. I got to go. I knew I knew that was the end of the the strong. So there was no true repentance. There really wasn't. Girl, gun training, gun training, gun training, right? Not the mistake, because we're all gonna fall short, right? We can't forget that, right? And if, right. if, if we're all believers and stuff, we know we're gonna fall short. Absolutely. We don't always know what that short that you know that pitfall is going to be, but it's gonna happen, right? But when it happened, how do we handle it? Once it happens, right? What do you do? I don't even know how to like it. I don't even know how to like it. I'm with you on that, Celeste. I mean, like, because that is so crazy. You know? Again, amazing story, the teacher. And, you know, good for you to realize you no longer were going to allow that. Because people only do to us what we allow. So good for you making that choice, loving yourself enough to say, you know what, I'm no longer going to stay here Absolutely. and allow this to happen to Absolutely. me. And we also know at a point in life when we accept our role and move on, um, 
That person may never ever come to us and apologize. That person may never ever, you know, take any ownership in that situation that they were the one, they were the culprit. They were the one that caused the havoc and they did it all. And the effect that it had on you, sometimes we just gotta put ourselves together and move on and never receive anything from that. And that's what it sounds like you've done, you know, and great job of that. I mean, that is, that is, I mean, amazing. Like I said before, you don't look nothing like what you've been through. And that's, you know, that's, that shows that you, uh, you have resilience and, and maybe move on, you know, in, in a positive, good way, you know what I mean? In a positive, good way. But, you know, what's really weird is I kind of looked up something too, and it's, it was like 12% of passes actually cheated and all that stuff, which I don't know how true that is. But what was another interesting thing was, which is a kind of another scenario, that they were like 25% of parishioners that were being uh, inappropriately approached at least and would never ever say anything about it. Like pastors were hitting on them. Pastors were trying to holler at them, you know. Or not just pastors, but like deacons or men of power. You know, and, and it goes back to because what y'all all saying earlier, you know, these guys are all like rock stars. They have their groupies right there in the church. They got their groupies. You know, that there are just certain women is, hey, you've got power, you got a position, you're well known, people like you, you know, you can move the crowd with your words, you know. That's all they, you know, that's intriguing and that's very unfortunate. But it's just interesting, though, um, that other perspective of people that are being uh, inappropriately approached that don't go for that and never say anything about it. Well, I think that at the end of the day, if you say no, right, that's you doing your part, right? You can't control what happens from there. but yeah, but the pastor's married and he's trying to holler at you. That's wrong. What I'm saying, okay, but I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying, what does you going to run and tell somebody do? Do you run and go oh, tell the spouse? No, no. I'm saying, but do you run and go tell the spouse an approach? And you say, no, I don't okay. think you go through the protocol like you would at any other job. You know, if you work there and you get approached by the manager inappropriately, you don't like that. It feels like you go to H and R, make sexual hash complaint. Or whatever, you know. What I'm saying is, I know everybody didn't have that strength and courage, Chelsea, but it was just interesting that 25% of people won't say anything. Right, but as as Chelsea said before, we think some people in that position is very vulnerable, right? When you come into church, if you've gone through something, you know, there's a seasoned folks that's been there forever, but then you have those people who are, you know, looking for for what they they're looking for. You know, they're looking they're broken, and here's the pastor, you know, that's supposed to be this. It's not even just the pastor, the deacon, whoever, are supposed to be able to, you know, guide you to what you need and give you that word that you need and, and help lift you up. And if he come to you wrong, you'd be like, oh, was that was that just me? Yeah, you know, I, I think that I think that the biggest thing is um, people think about. Um, the isolation that may come along with it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Think about think about just the I the mean, whole the whole thing that women as in general go through with yes. um yeah, even yes. saying tell somebody they got raped. Yeah, that's the thing. That's you the know thing what I mean? It's it's where's the Chelsea? Where Chelsea go? Who to I don't know. Um she must too. she might have lost Sometimes connection. That happens to us, you know it, Yeah, that's a that's a hard one right there. So if it's you, you know what we say? If yeah. You, yeah, that's that's really hard. That's um 
Um, and not to say that it's, it's not a believable situation, but it's like an uphill battle, you know what I mean, to try to um, show your case or prove your case. And most yes. times, most people just walk away, Jay, then stand and, and, and in their room over the pastor. Oh, yeah, she just wanted to... Um, um, she lost connection. She, um, he's a good man. He would never do that. Yeah. Right? So, so that's a. I that's mean, it's you. just like in our careers and our jobs. I, you know, for me, and I'm not saying this about myself, but if I'm considered a single, attractive woman, even in my career, I've had that experience where men have been inappropriate towards me, and they've been married. And who, again, who do I go tell? Because when you go to the top. It's almost like you're the blame for it. Well, what did you do? Where were you? And how did that? And I, you know, how did that happen? I've had it happen and took it to my administrator, and it still didn't get resolved. And so I had to handle. And he did it again. Uh, I can't say that he did it again oh, because I simply said, "Hey, you know, I had a detective inappropriately uh, say something to me at school, and I said, you must want me to have your badge.' So I had to." stay in my place or I may have worked with a a male colleague who was married. Kinds of rumors they will surface and start and I haven't done anything. It's almost like so if it's almost like the Me Too movement. Right. I was getting ready to say that. Then why do you think the Me Too movement started? Why do we think the Me Too movement started? Because the simple fact that, you know, um the voices of so many women are just suffocated you know and not heard so i think that we covered a lot tonight we covered a lot um and again leticia you um did a really awesome job you know giving i guess people who hear your story i think the um empowered courage to say um living your truth you know what i mean stand up you know what i mean and and first and foremost don't be afraid to Tell your story. Tell your story. Because I think we all have the same um, belief here that people in the church are just like us, normal people. Um, they have a title. You know, we all know that they are the vessel that God, um, to bring God's word, that doesn't give them entitlement, you know, to um, take advantage of anybody. And we're not saying that everybody in the church is doing that. But if that's occurring, you know, um, we know that biblically God um, says the house is there to worship and share and um, um, do things together as a community in the church. It is not there to um, isolate anyone, to make um, anyone feel like they are in jeopardy or make them feel fearful. You know, the church is supposed to be a safe haven. You know what I mean? Yes. Not a place where you go there and feel that you're going to be demonized, criticized, and lastly, taken advantage of. So, um, do we think that the church has changed in dynamics? I think it's changed just not in the church. I think it's changed in perspective of where we're at in the world today. You know, so um, I think we have to look at people for who they are. I think that if we, are, as women, see someone being inappropriate, you know, we have to shout it out. Um, I think what Jay said is probably a little bit um, truer than what we're really actually confirming. Why don't we do this more than, more often? Why don't we say what's going on? 
more often? I think it's because, you know, um, the backlash. But we're at a point now that I think we have bigger platforms as women where we should, you know, say, hey, this is not going to go. And we're, we're not going to stand for, you know, um, this pastor being in this church doing this thing. Because guess what? I can forgive the pastor, but maybe he's not the right pastor for this church to lead this flock. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, become a part of the board. You know what I mean? And get his ass out. You you see what I'm saying? He has to go. And I think that we sit there and maybe stand for the drama, but we don't stand there just like we don't vote or don't stand there to get the people who don't supposed to be there and get them out. You know what I mean? But speak our voice and get these type of people out. Um, forgiveness well, is one thing. I think part of the reason why they don't let them sit down for a while because of the money. Oh, 
He yeah. might be a little bit above me, but he going through some stuff. He just keeping it on the low low. Because sometimes you got to separate the message from the message. I always do. I have to. I have to. Because I'm inside out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had an issue with my pastor recently, a couple of years ago, and I said, walk past it one more game and don't say nothing to us. We ain't here practicing every night. Every night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Every night he came through and walked walk through, did one of these numbers. And we there late night. I said, walk past here one more game and don't stop and act like you see us practicing. Right. Everybody was like, oh my Lord. I had to go look up because you know it was a cursing pastor though. His name was Thaddeus Matt Matthews. Yeah, it was a cursing pastor. That particular pastor though was one of the most good hearted, real honest, treat everybody fairly pastors that I did experience. But I will say that that was somebody that that you know, no one ever had any question about how they their their intention and their nature and their heart towards people. This particular pastor here that I'm talking about. So because you have people that preach and then you have people that pastor, right? Right. They are not the same thing. They are in no way the same. Right. My grandfather you you could teach a monkey to preach, right? But pastor in a church is a whole other realm, right? That's that is a gift, that is a calling. And there are many of us that work a job and it ain't really our call, right? right. Absolutely. That is a calling. But like he just said, that that preacher that you were cussing or whether that his heart was still the heart of a pastor. He still took care of his flock. He was the under shepherd he was supposed to be. Absolutely. You don't come across that all the time. And as as people of faith, we're so busy following, some of us are so busy following people and not following the word. And that's how you get twisted and turned and twisted around. And you know, it, it happens, right? It happens. And so we have to have the discernment to know what is right. And someone like like Letitia in the position that she was in, she put her foot down. And she was like, yeah, see, I, I took it, but I, I ain't going to take it forever. And I ain't going to take it no more. And well, I think this was an awesome episode, everybody. And we're going to close it out. And again, we want to thank you, Letitia, for um, bringing such yes. um, transparency to the porch tonight, and oh, um, wow. you know, we, we would we would love great. to have you back. Your and interaction on our um, Facebook page is amazing. Yes, Thank you so much. You are very bad girl. But I've enjoyed sitting on the porch. I've enjoyed the interaction with Let's Chit Chat. Since it has been amazing. Thank you. Call me with that passive thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we again, I, we I appreciate it. <laughs> so we we appreciate that was it. My thing. My goal was to be better and not better. I grew from it. I moved on from Amen. it. I really felt like shucks. Three wives later, four children later. That's his life, and I'm still doing my own two children to look after and love and take care of. And one day, who knows? Maybe it'll happen for me again. But right now, you know, I'm good. 
Amen. That's right. You have you have your you have your own you have your own blessings coming to you, Leticia. And again, we thank you for um, joining us on the porch again. As I said, and Celeste says, always, we're never here to offend. We're only here to empower and uplift. Um, this is another episode of Let's Chit Chat. I am Kimmy. I'm Chelsea. I'm Celeste. This is Jackie Mancini. And we'll see you next Sunday on the porch. Have a good evening.